Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, lovely people. Welcome to this episode. We have got a guest on board today, and I'm excited for this one because it has been quite some time since I've had a guest on board who isn't a client of mine. The reason I'm doing this is because it's been on my mind for quite some time to start having more guests speak on the podcast to expose you to new topics, topics related to binge eating, related to diet culture, body acceptance. I want to share more with you guys that doesn't just come from me. Also, selfishly, I'm doing it because it's fun to get to like talk to other people on the podcast instead of the episodes mostly being solo episodes where I'm just speaking to myself into a microphone alone, hoping you guys are going to listen. So I'm excited to, yeah, be able to learn from more people as well. I myself am addicted to podcasts. Usually I listen to at least an hour worth in a day, sometimes two hours. And I love this whole range of topics around health and well-being, whether it's your mindset, your sleep quality, the type of exercise you do, improving your food relationship, changing your behaviors, your habits. Like I'm addicted to all these types of topics. So my plan is I want to start having more people on speaking about these kinds of topics. So I get to learn and you guys get to learn. And so today's guest to kick things off is Jess Power. We know each other because we actually did the same business coaching program for six months together. We recently finished and I just thought, you know what, let's start with having Jess on board because I know she has so much to share with you guys and she's in a really similar space to me. So it's going to be very directly relatable for you as well. So a quick intro into Jess. She's a fellow Irish gal, just like me, except she actually grew up there, so she has the Irish accent, unlike me. She is a registered nutritionist. She specializes in food behaviors and food psychology to help women heal their relationship with food by using specific techniques to create behavioral change. So really excited because she talks about this in the episode. After years and years of yo-yo dieting, she completely understands the struggle that her clients and people like you face and just how difficult it is to overcome these challenges and change those behaviors, change those habits. She works with clients in a one-to-one setting to assess what life is like for them and add in those healthier behaviors and habits easily to make the process as fun and doable as possible. So I'm going to introduce her in just a second. First, just a quick update. You may have seen seen on my Instagram stories that I'm creating a new freebie this month. Hopefully, if I stick to my, my planned deadlines, it'll be out this month, the end of the month. And you all voted as to which topic it's going to be. And I'll reveal here in case you haven't seen the stories, the freebie will be about how to not binge, not resort to binging when you're stressed, tired, bored, sad. So basically, how do we not binge as a result of a physical state or our emotional state? So I'm going to create a freebie on that that is going to be seriously packed with value. 
it's coming out at the end of the month. I'll keep you updated, but that is just the, the brief update for now. Now let's meet Jess in three, two, one. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. As we were just saying before we started recording, I haven't had a guest on the show for ages who wasn't a client. So I'm just, I'm excited to get to chat and learn something from you. And obviously our, both of us are in a very similar space. So I think the listeners can gain a lot from you, your story and all the tips and tools you're going to share as well. So very happy to have you here. Why don't you sort of briefly introduce yourself a bit? Amazing. Firstly, thanks for having me on, Brie. So excited to be here. Um, so yeah, my name is Jess and I am a registered nutritionist, but I specialize in more behavior nutrition. So I'm very similar to yourself, kind of looking at the behaviors and habits surrounding food. Um, so yeah, I'm a nutrition and body coach as well. So kind of all things healing your relationship with food, being confident in yourself, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it's a huge area for women and it's definitely something I struggle with for many, many years, which is why I'm like really passionate about this whole realm and area of the nutrition foodie world. <laughs> awesome yeah I think so many women struggle with it like way more than we even know honestly and it's so cool that you are turning that struggle into something helpful for other people like imparting all that knowledge and learnings to other people so really cool can't wait to get into your story more and hear more about that but first let's go into the quick fire questions to have a bit of fun (laughs) so first off where are you from so I'm from Ireland um, I'm from the west coast of Ireland so a little uh, town called Ennis it's like the very so uh, you probably know where Dublin is go directly across the opposite side and that's mm-hmm. where I'm from <laughs> awesome and where do you live uh, so I live in Liverpool um Liverpool in the UK yeah I've been here for about three three years now awesome um tell us what has been your favorite holiday of all time Ooh, do you know what? I think it was this summer we went to Ibiza, but it wasn't like a party kind of holiday. It was more, it was quite bougie actually. It was just a little reward for ourselves. So Love we went it. all out, like staying in this gorgeous like four-star hotel. Um, and we just done lots of like fun activities, like just big kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fun. so cool. It also must have been such a relief. Like, was it your first getaway for ages because of lockdown? Yeah, it was the first uh, trip away in like two years or years or something like that. So it was well deserved. (laughs) Amazing. My sister went there once and she like, because I only had the the picture of it's a party place. But the photo she had there, I was like, wow, it's stunning. I mean, I'm in Mallorca right now and it's obviously like just an island away. So both of them are probably like very similar and stunning. Yeah, well, I think like Ibiza sunsets are probably the most beautiful sunsets I have ever seen. But uh-huh. like um, there's a different part of Ibiza, which is this really cool, quirky little hippie community. And mm-hmm. there's these like, beaches and uh, one kind of moment of that trip, which was like one of the moments I'm going to cherish forever, is we went to this secluded hidden beach. And when the sunset came right the way down, there was about 100 people on the beach sitting watching the sunset like it was like a, a TV show. Wow. And after it like came down, everyone just started clapping. <gasps> the whole like everyone just started clapping and then there was like people like skinny dipping and it was just like amazing (laughs) it was amazing (laughs) that is that is so cool I love that okay what makes you feel sexy 
you know the first thing that's popped into my mind there lingerie oh love it for sure yeah that's so cool I haven't worn lingerie in so long I've got so lazy with lockdown like I just like I can't remember the last time I even wore a bra (laughs) I was like that too and I realized it because um like it's not something I do quite frequently but um I was I was in town and I was just walking past Ann Summers and like a little like um like lingerie outfit caught my eye I was like you know I haven't worn anything in so long Mm -hmm. so I bought it for myself and I just like I just felt so like sexy and like yeah. myself I was like why don't I do this more often <laughs> yeah for sure what's your favorite like color of lingerie um I like purple or like electric blue kind of colors Ooh, yeah. yeah that's cool awesome how about the latest tv show that you binge watched oh you on Netflix have you seen it is it um, season three or no so that's not I don't think that's out yet we 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 rewatched it so that we can we're caught up to oh, speed right. with it for a season three but it is really really good if you've not seen it yeah yeah I've seen it and yeah because I think season three must be like right around the corner I think I was I saw somewhere and then I was googling it and I couldn't find an exact date but yeah I think it's October 15th that's Ooh. out yeah it's it's Ooh. pretty soon um, but yeah, get on it, rewatch the episodes because there was a lot that I'd forgotten about. Um, so yeah, it's fantastic. Cool. And final question, what does your dream life look like? Oh, um, so I, I actually mapped this out in my journal, like manifested it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dream kind of day would be waking up in the morning going out like somewhere sunny walking down to the beach doing some night journaling meditation going for a little swim coming back up like having breakfast doing a bit of work on my laptop and then kind of finishing around the three o'clock four o'clock mark and just like a nice like relaxed life yeah (laughs) chaotic (laughs) just nice and chilled yes I totally agree yeah I feel like you know I want to have a bit of work here and there just to you know have some sense of purpose and like help people out in some way but mostly I just want to be in nature sunny weather chilling doing fun stuff with people I like Um, I relate to that a lot (laughs) I relate to that a lot (laughs) okay let's get into it how about we start off by you sort of giving us the overview of how I guess backtrack to what your food and body relationship was like the struggle and what got you to the point where you are now Mm. Interesting. I love how you started like um, asking about what your your relationship was like before, because I think like you just forget a little bit. You like you're doing all this work, but you, you like you forget. But um, so I think for myself, I all like I always remember struggling with my relationship with food, body image from like a really really young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was when I was about like t- maybe eleven or twelve was when I first went on a diet wow. um yeah so pretty young um because I hit puberty really young I started my period when I was 10 mm-hmm. um so because of that I like matured quite quickly had curves like different you know, just started developing like a woman but I was still a kid because I was so like young mm-hmm. um, so I was always like the biggest out of my friend group the biggest out of my class like all of that like growing up um, and I remember like there's I always used to get comments from like family members like making comments about 
oh, you'd look like re- you'd look really good if you like lost a f- like little bit of weight, or oh, like you you're great, but like if you just toned up your tummy and yeah. like you know just a lot of that those comments kind of like sparked this kind of body um obsession <laughs> I'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just kind of spiraled from there, and it was just diet after diet after diet after diet. Um, and I think you know like I remember just doing crazy diets I there's one scenario I remember when I was um about 18 um and we have a like a Debs in uh Ireland it's prom um for like UK mm-hmm. um so I bought this dress but I bought it like two it was like two sizes too small and it was a quite tight fitting dress um and it didn't fit me when I first bought it a whole situation around that was just me trying to like really like shred loads of weight to fit into this dress because of all of that but when I actually ended up wearing it that day I still wore Spanx and I still felt like I like wasn't confident or comfortable even though Mm -hmm. I dropped like two dress sizes um so yeah just kind of spiraled from there um yeah a lot of like body dysmorphia stuff and then like binge eating I always would have used food to cope with emotions mm-hmm. uh, I never really learned how to manage my emotions I um, didn't really know what emotions were <laughs> you know that's yeah. so but like I just didn't realize that they were a thing that you could change I just thought that you know I was this person you know that I was addicted to food or I was a you know like whatever it was and like a chocoholic or do you know these kind of phrases yes like food addict exactly like that was my identity kind of thing um and yeah like it was always even growing up you know oh Jess will have another plate of food like oh she eats like a man's portion Mm. like all this kind of stuff but um like in reality I was I was literally just stuffing stuffing my feelings a lot um so yeah I kind of spiraled from there and I think the like pinnacle changing point for me in in that whole story I mean there's there's loads and loads and loads that I could talk about like all the in-betweens but um the pinnacle moment where it changed for me or I even realized that I had like a like a problem with my relationship with food because all along I just thought it was normal like I just thought everyone kind of like had done that or struggled with it or like secretly ate and like I just didn't realize that they weren't helpful habits mm-hmm. um until I was 21 22 um and I got in I was in a car accident with my mom um and I ended up developing after that like the car was totaled and after that I ended up developing PTSD which is post-traumatic stress disorder um so with that it was really really bad like I used to get nightmares all the time um couldn't cross the road used to get panic attacks loads like it was very very intense period um so I ended up going to see a psychotherapist for cognitive behavioral therapy um and she basically helped me kind of rewire my thought patterns and uh, help me see that I could think differently or even just made me aware that like I am not my thoughts and I also have control over my thoughts like I don't have to like think that way you Mm -hmm. know it's because of other issues it's because of like subconscious programming or past conditionings etc it's it doesn't have to be me and when I realized that after I'd overcome more of the acute panic disorder symptoms and managed that kind of realized I was like holy crap if I can like change 
my top passions with this like I went from not being able to cross the road without holding someone's hand like not being able to like be in a in a car even like a passenger without freaking out when I overcame that I was like oh my god I can literally like surely I can apply this same principle to my relationship with food and how I see myself like the thoughts I would have about myself the negative thought patterns um my relationship with food etc so I kind of just went down that rabbit hole and delved into that whole area mm-hmm. and yeah just like haven't looked back since so now I'm like come on people we can do this <laughs> <laughs> there is a light at the end of the tunnel I promise <laughs> that's so cool that's such an incredible story like first of all incredible that you were able to manage and like get over those acute symptoms of PTSD and not the panic disorder but then like to realize like hey hang on a second I can apply this to a bit another big area of my life I think you you told me before like you have trained in CBT right yeah so after I was just fascinated with it afterwards um after I had like received it um I was just like oh you know I wonder like can I learn a bit more about this so I kind of delved into it you know to, to start off with um for myself just to kind of really figure out the kind of behind the scenes of how it works because mm-hmm. I was the the patient or person receiving it so I didn't really know exactly the mechanics behind it I just thought it was some wizardry because yeah it's like phenomenal like what what the hell (laughs) um so then I when I started to do it myself then I yeah I did a, a course in it so now I'm a CBT practitioner and a lot of the um stuff I teach with my own clients is a lot like the CBT underpins a lot of it because mm-hmm. ultimately um our like relationship with food is it all relates back to our thought patterns and our unhealthy thought patterns or unhelpful thought patterns rather so when we can learn how to reframe rewire and it is honestly like the, the best thing ever I'm gonna pause right there for a minute to share something with you So if you've been listening so far and feel like you're ready to start your recovery journey with me, I've got the perfect springboard. That is my free masterclass, why you're still binge eating and how to stop. It's a 35 minute free video masterclass where I'll walk through all of the reasons you might still be binging. Then I'll give you three actionable steps to stop binge eating. So if you're looking for actual results in your life, want to never binge again, trust me, I know the feeling. I was stuck for 10 years doing that then head to the show notes to get instant access today. I'll also gift you something for joining me at the masterclass, but I'll leave that surprise for you to find out for yourself. Life is just so damn short and it's not worth feeling so miserable, unhappy, unhealthy with binging taking over. So watch the masterclass today to start your new life. Okay, let's get back into the show. So yeah, I'm very curious about this because I I think I had CBT once or twice with a therapist, but I didn't stick with it because I was just not in the right place. Um, So like, can you go into more detail on the foundations of what it is and maybe an example of how people could apply it to food? Yes. Oh, I love that you asked that question. So um, it's basically so basically we have three different minds so to speak so we have our irrational mind we you know our emotional mind our logical mind and then a mixture of those two is our wise mind so logical is very like 
black and white this is this there's no other possibilities like very like full stop kind of thoughts whereas emotional mind is more of that kind of um anxiety based emotive like reactive kind of mind Mm -hmm. um where it's very emotional like our thoughts bring up an emotion kind of thing um so both sides of the coin are needed and required um but either side of the coin is you know any too much of anything is not productive mm-hmm. so the two so you have a balance of the emotional mind and the logical mind creates that wise mind of a person so mm-hmm. for a lot of people we tend well for a lot of people like myself we tend to fall into the more of the emotional mind category um which you know it's fair enough and there's no there's no good or bad to this it just is what it is um but when we can start applying more of like logic to it so questioning the emotion like questioning the thoughts and mm-hmm. taking a look at the full picture rather than just taking the emotive irrational thought of like oh my god I'm just so fat and ugly like this is just the worst thing ever I feel horrendous about myself um whereas the logical thing is kind of more that question of is this like you know maybe this blah 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 um mm. so a mixture of those two basically um so cognitive behavioral therapy basically looks at your thoughts and your thought patterns um and rather than try because if you think about it with a thought pattern the our neurons in our brain they fire and wire all the time that's mm-hmm. how we create these connections in our brains or our thoughts um so if we have a certain thought pattern for a long time so i'll take for example a typical thing that i would have definitely believed about myself of like um like i'm fat like that's a like a belief that i would have had about myself mm-hmm. so for years and years and years I would say to myself like oh you're so fat I would have people confirming that bias by telling me I need to go on a diet and like magazines showing images that I didn't Mm -hmm. fit in the ideal body type stuff so just a lot of reinforcement so all of that kind of makes that neuron makes that connection super super strong um so when we go to behavior change um a lot of people say like oh just break the habit like break the thought like break the habit break the pattern Mm -hmm. Um, but that's really difficult to do or where the cbt based stuff comes in because it's more about making new neural neural connections new thought patterns to kind of um kind of consume those so that the more negative thought patterns become less frequent and less intense you're balancing in so you're getting different inputs in your mind you're getting Mm -hmm. more helpful thought patterns in your mind um so for an example then something like they do with clients to kind because that all sounds quite technical but um how I kind of deliver it is in more of this sense so we'd have like a conversation and we we go through a typical thought pattern that someone may have who's struggling with their body confidence relationship with food like binge eating etc all that kind of stuff so a typical sentence or a thought that we might have is um like I'm so fat and ugly no one's ever gonna my boyfriend's gonna leave me because I'm just so horrible etc you know, and I, I definitely relate to that thought pattern as well. Like mm-hmm. I've definitely had that cross my mind um, and still does sometimes, but um, not as frequent, obviously. But anyway, that's a typical thought pattern that many of us would have when we struggle with our relationship with food. Um, 
so what I do is we go through these different types of cognitive distortions is what they're called. So there's 15 main types of cognitive distortions so distorted thinking patterns. So our thinking patterns are distorted. Mm -hmm. So um, an example of that sentence, which I just said, would be more like black and white thinking. So there's it's just like, I'm so fat um, I'm so ugly. Like that's very black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even with the last part of like, oh, he's, he's going to leave me because, you know, I'm just this, blah, blah, blah. That's also like a, an example of catastrophizing. So catastrophizing the situation. Mm-hmm. So with these reframes, um, we take it through. So we have the thought pattern. Um, and then what we do is we rewrite it down. So we separate ourselves from the thought. Um, so straight away, you're taking the power away from that thought. You're just writing it down. You're, you're separating yourself from it. Um, then you, you, you rank yourself between zero and 10 on how you feel with that thought. So how it makes you feel, usually it's quite high, like a, like an eight, like those kind of thoughts are trigger like an emotional response. So they don't feel nice. They feel uncomfortable. So the high Um, number would be like more intense in a negative way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like 10 would be like extreme and like zero would be like very, very calm. Um, so yeah, usually it's like around the six, seven, eights, which is what that thought pattern would usually fit into mm-hmm. um, how you would feel. So then you go through it and um, you identify then what type of cognitive distortion it is. So I mentioned there, black and white thinking, overgeneralization. What you're doing there straight away is you are separating yourself from that thought because a lot of the time, what many of us struggle with, um, maybe you relate to this as well, is when we have a negative thought, we kind of like shudder or kind of try and like not think about it. We think, oh, like I shouldn't have that thought. Oh, that's not a thing I should think about. Like, oh, that I just, I need to think about something happy. Think about something happy. Like we try and force ourselves into that. Like we just ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we ignore these thoughts, we're also invalidating those feelings it's bringing up. We're invalidating those thoughts. Um, and those thoughts often fill us with a lot of shame and guilt. And shame and guilt kind of things, they thrive in silence. The more it's stuffed down, the more we keep it silent, it just thrives and thrives and thrives. So the second you write that thought down, speak it out loud, say it to a friend, whatever it is, you're taking the weight and power out of that thought because it's no longer trapped in in your mind. I feel like something else that I I was thinking as well is instead of suppressing it and like moving on, I feel like another route that you can go down is like brooding over over it, just like thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it even more, which in this context is like you're identifying with, with it so strongly and it's just reinforcing even more the catastrophic thinking and the overgeneralization like I definitely have that when I sing into like uh I was saying on my insta story the other day one of my insecurities is my small boobs but it's definitely got a lot better especially since this weekend I had a breakthrough but I would if I would fall into one of those um bad moments I would just think over and over like oh my God, my boyfriend would think I'm so much hotter if I had bigger boobs. Mm-hmm. What maybe I should Google like breast implants. How much does it cost? Oh my God, like look at me in the mirror. I look so out of like, I'm just overthinking it, but in like a very identified way with that thought. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. And that is um, a prime example then of that thought, which brings up a lot of like either shame or guilt, like feeling embarrassed. You know, I felt like that as well. Like for myself, one of my areas is my stomach. Like I have stretch marks on my stomach, like on my belly. Like it's always been an area of like the contention for me like now I've become a lot more accepting of it and in honest like honestly I feel okay with it now which is really weird to say like I feel okay with it it's not that Mm -hmm. I love it love it like or and I don't hate it hate it I'm okay with it it's there Mm -hmm. and it's okay and I think that's an important point even in the midst of all this that you don't have to love these parts um because that can be quite uh daunting especially when you go into that whole self-love realm is like just love your body but I think when you've when you've spent so much time fixating and hating that body part it's it almost seems out of reach to think love it so neutralizing it and you know when you can reach a stage of I'm okay with this <laughs> I'm okay with this body part you don't have to love every single part of your body mm-hmm. Same way you don't love every single part of your personality like there's definitely parts of my personality that I are less favorable <laughs> you know but it's, it's still part of me <laughs> yeah. you know I don't like hate on it it just it's just there so kind of I kind of approach that similar mindset to parts of my body that I don't it's not that I don't like them it's just I'm more conscious about them but mm-hmm. they're still there they're not going anywhere they still serve a purpose um so yeah I think that's a, an important factor but with that um just to to finish off that like reframe mm-hmm. so the last part of it there so as we can see here we're taking the weight out of that and this is the point with this this is the point with our thoughts is remembering that they thrive in silence so it's really important to get them out of your head um so you're you kind of don't give them the power to go down that rabbit hole so you're not like googling shit and like driving yourself insane like I've definitely given myself panic attacks in the past from just going right down that rabbit hole. Um, so getting it out and then challenging it. So questioning it, like, is this thought true? Is there proof? Is there another reality? Is there another angle that could possibly be looked at with this thought? So if it's like, I'm fat and I'm ugly and my boyfriend's going to leave me because I'm disgusting, questioning that, you know, well, but he is with me. He's we've been together for X amount of time. Like he tells me he's be- I'm beautiful. Like he clearly shows me affection, yada yada. So is that really true? Or, you know, with the fat and ugly kind of thing, questioning like, well, you know, yes, I may have fat, but I am not fat. Like the mm-hmm. person is not fat. I have fat. So mm-hmm. it's like not identifying with those beliefs of like, I am this. It's like, no like I'm Jess and I have fat on Mm -hmm. certain areas of my body but I am not that kind of thing because these words typically we are conditioned to think that they're a certain way so like we're less than because we have fat we're less than you know we were less superior we don't fit into society etc etc so that's an important thing as well so yeah just questioning the thought and taking a look at it this is where you use more of the logical mind of looking to see okay is there proof is there another alternative to this you know is there any other angle I can take from this you know what else could this thought be and then writing down a more helpful thought so writing down you know okay I may have excess weight but 
uh, you know I'm working through it or you know there's still a lot of attributes about me that I in, like I like um you know I'm not ugly <laughs> I, I'm I am quite beautiful I like my whatever features mm-hmm. and my boyfriend isn't going to leave me because we've been together for x amount of years and he calls me beautiful every day and like etc yeah. so that's just a good example there of how you can use those that the CBT based um stuff in healing your relationship with food which is super powerful there's more to it but that's kind of a good example for anyone listening to give it a go themselves yeah it sounds super practical it's interesting when you were explaining the logical versus emotional mind because immediately what popped into my mind was my boyfriend is the logical and I'm the emotional and together we can like meet in between because sometimes I'll have like mini breakdowns for example if business like if I have an off month where revenue is lower last month I I go into that sort of like super emotional catastrophic mode where I'm like oh my god maybe I should just give it all up and try something else you know it's just not working what's wrong with me what am I doing wrong and he'll just step in as this calm logical voice that's like well hang on a minute if we just zoom out beyond just a single month and look at over a whole year you're doing better than you were at your full-time job as a data scientist and you can pay your mortgage and uh, you get great like reviews and xyz and that just brings me back down to that like logical plane mm. and it really helps because it starts to affect influence me in that way in that when I'm having that on my own one of those moments I can see in my head the kind of things that he would say and it really does help to just stop for a second and like step away from that thought and yes. see it from this like bigger picture kind of place yeah zooming out the lens I love how you said that and um ironically as well my partner definitely I think men are more logical thinkers in general so like my partner as well he's definitely a very logical thinker in in that so I do find it helpful and I think for anyone listening as well if you do have someone who you feel comfortable sharing your your struggles or sharing how you're feeling with who is a logical thinker and um, who always kind of looks at the big picture like exactly what you mentioned there breed you know asking for their assistance in helping you work through this stuff is really helpful because sometimes um because it's very difficult when we're in it when we're in because like we're talking now after um overcoming a lot of our food and body struggles like it's still not I don't I don't know when exactly it's going to be completely ever healed or if that's even a thing Mm -hmm. but it definitely does become a lot more manageable less frequent and you do start to be able to live life like a lot better and more free but um I think it's super helpful having external people to influence your thought patterns uh you know give you another perspective and being opening to receive that other perspective often this ego that we have um it's really just trying to keep us safe and that's its purpose but it loves to just stay in our comfort zone so a lot of the time it's really difficult when someone is giving us another perspective of like who do you think you are you don't know you're not in my body you don't know what it feels like mm-hmm. Better, you know have that ego reactive thing where you know if we just take a deep breath and you know just kind of allow that influence in a way where it's okay like maybe there is something I can gain from that Uh, that more open-mindedness relaxing down that ego side a little bit will definitely help to create these new thought patterns as well for sure 
Yes. Get, reaching out for help can be so useful. Just having this, my sidekick, my boyfriend in my life has helped so tremendously just to have that alternative perspective. Yeah. Speaking of distancing from the thought and viewing it from a different perspective, something I heard once, I forgot the name of it. I think it was like mental distancing or something, but it was almost, mm-hmm. if you don't have that supportive person that you can like get the alternative perspective from, how would you coach yourself? So speaking to yourself in, what is it? Third person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be like, say you're struggling with, you just, you just binge ate really a huge amount that night. And instead of you being all like in your thoughts, oh my God, like I messed up. I'm such a monster. I'm a pig. What am I going to do? I need to go on a diet. It's like, okay, what would you say to yourself as an outsider? So it'd be like, Brie, you know what? It's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, you ate more than you ideally would want to. And just remember that you're going through a really tough time with X, Y, Z, or you know that this week you haven't really eaten quite as much as you probably needed, your body needed. So you know, the binge happened, but let's move on. And just like, yeah, taking that step backwards and talking to yourself as like your coach or your best friend or something can even help like such a simple shift. But instead of being so stuck again, like identified within like in it, instead of being so in it, you're outside of it looking in. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I think, yeah, ultimately, it's amazing having people like, I feel so grateful to have my partner that we can um, help each other with that. And I feel really, really lucky. And I like for so long in my journey, I didn't have that person. So it was a lot of like, self-management um from you know because like there was no one else I could communicate about any of these things but one of the things I really found the most crucial part of any all of my journey has been journaling like that mental distancing I just find it so um just necessary (laughs) it's not even just like good or whatever it's like necessary because you're able to physically get that thought out onto a page and sometimes it's hard to even phrase what the thought is or you know kind of comprehend why you've binged like not even delving into it like especially in the moment um even if it's just a word or a sentence or a picture or or something um it's really helpful to get that out of your head um another really helpful tool though with all of this and this is something I personally use as well uh to help me get out of what I call the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. Um, and this is just what I mean by that is when we have that negative thought cycle that negative loop um and we just keep going down and down and down and down and down so for myself I've got a panic disorder as well as anxiety so a lot of the times um I would a lot of the times I would um, like make up different scenarios or like catastrophize like really badly. So uh, think that I'm, you know, like COVID, for example, like petrified me. Um, so mm-hmm. like I always used to think, oh my God, I'm going to get COVID and then I'm going to die and I'm going to be on a ventilator and I'm going to lose all these people. Or, you know, I, I think that like, oh my God, I just have this, I just have this pain in some part of my body this is cancer oh my god this is literally me that you're (laughs) describing I've had both of these examples (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think a lot of people do um but that's like that panic and I find it so it just it's it's so it's more than anxiety because it really just I can't 
it's so overwhelming I can't I couldn't seem to get out of it but similarly um you know even with our uh we can have these similar intense feelings like of panic with our with our body you know of like oh my god I'm so fat no one's gonna love me mm-hmm. uh, like you know say for example after a binge you know the, I, I'm talking from experience here as well you know after you binge you have this over first of all you have that euphoria of like oh my god mm-hmm. I feel amazing which which lasts about 10 seconds and mm-hmm. then you have these like insane feelings of guilt and shame and then the negative thoughts come through of like I'm so fat no one's gonna love me I'm gonna die alone like very very catastrophizing um so a really good tool to use in these scenarios I journal it sometimes but I also do it in my head so it's you can uh, close your eyes or you can keep them open and you'd visualize a stop sign. So you have these thoughts. So whatever they are, like, I'm going to die. I've got cancer. I mm-hmm. blah, 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 whatever the thing is. And you imagine a stop sign of just not stop, like mm-hmm. just stop, <laughs> stop it right there. Um, and while it sounds like a really simple thing, I found it super effective with pulling me out of it because it's such a quick little tool to remember and especially in that panic like you're almost like oh like what do I do what do I do um and it's like that thing I stop um so what I what I've done and I do this sometimes as well when it's intense is I draw out a stop sign and I draw out the different things that I'm um, feeling panicky about and I just put them in speech bubbles and I kind of just like draw a little image of them like coming up to a stop sign mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of taking back that control of like you know what no I don't want I don't want to think like that I don't want those thoughts to infiltrate my mind <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's one side of it the second thing as well which is super helpful is mantras I do a lot of mantras and a lot of my clients I encourage them to do mantras as well but there is one mantra that is the most beneficial mantra with any of this conversation we're talking about this can relate to anything anxieties fears um anything you're struggling with actually you know even if you're um, in a job and you want to leave maybe you're in a relationship and you want to leave maybe there's just something going on you're just a little bit anxious and fearful on it and you have that overwhelming sense of um panicky kind of feelings mm-hmm. um and so what i encourage people to do is take five deep breaths and on the exhale speak out loud the mantra i am safe so inhale and then exhale the mantra, I am safe. Um, and, you know, when you say that out loud, I'll let you guys like do it yourselves because it literally changes the physiology in your body. It puts you into that parasympathetic state, which is that like nice relaxed state mm-hmm. um, because it's just reinforcing in your head of like, no, I'm safe. It's, it's okay. I am safe. Yes. Um, yeah so they're my two for those like very heightened heightened like panicky <laughs> moments yeah I love that I love both of those a few things so one going back to the journaling do you have like a specific process structure of your journaling or is it like freestyle different every day um it kind of depends on my mood sometimes I like to ask myself future self journaling questions like um what behavior do I want to change? How do I feel when I think about this person? One thing I will do today to become this person. Um, I'm kind of doing a little bit of a manifestation. So just like 
taking a look to see what I want to be doing, you know, in three months, next month, six months, a year, whatever it is, whatever I'm Mm -hmm. feeling. So that's more infrequent. I might do that once every month or six weeks. But um, each morning, what I do is it's just more freestyling. It's almost like I always started off with painting a picture. So if I'm like outside, if I'm in my living room, wherever it is, coffee shop, I start off with saying like, um, I'm sitting in a coffee shop blah 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 and then I just start going and tuning into what my my brain is saying to me basically and Mm -hmm. what's come up if I've had an argument or if something's bothering me I just kind of say it out loud but it's very um based on how I feel like sometimes I don't feel like journaling a whole lot so I might just even say a sentence of you know I feel happy and like I'm proud of myself blah 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 just that positive reinforcement um so yeah but yeah I think like I would journal five out of seven days a week anyway mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't matter sometimes it's a lot sometimes it's like a couple of sentences and I think the point about it is it's just getting into the practice of doing it because mm-hmm. it's um, really really useful tool. <laughs> and so when you are flowing getting onto paper what's in your mind are you applying the CBT kind of methodology? um well what I do is I'm more so finish always with affirmations so I often say like I am proud of myself I am um you know powerful I'm strong whatever the thing is which is a lot of that like also that CBT stuff of those I am statements reaffirming that belief um so yeah I would incorporate some of that into it but honestly I think um the simpler that you make journaling in your life, the easier it is because it's already a difficult task for a lot of us to, you know, if you think about it, we have all these thoughts per day, but some of those thoughts are bloody scary, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like there's some of those thoughts are quite dark. Well, I know for myself anyways, they can be. Um, and so the thoughts, especially at the start when I, you know, of journaling, it was always, oh my god like I don't it's almost like facing your fear a little bit of like oh my god like like what is even going to come out onto this page like I don't think I can face it Mm -hmm. so I think I think the most like the best advice I can give to journaling is start off simple um and what I mean by that is like just each day even if you just want to write down what you're grateful for and an I am statement and like one sentence about how you're feeling like that is okay you know it doesn't have to be these like comprehensive like Mm. dear diary massive journal entries it can be super simple (laughs) yeah yeah I love that I'm like always so on off with journaling because it sounds so trivial but I don't like the act of like writing with the pen like my hand is really tense and I don't like it doesn't flow it sounds so trivial but so I'm trying to find like a workaround to that because I so much see the value in journaling frequently so I'm trying it out just like in my notes on my laptop I don't know if that like impacts how your brain like absorbs everything but there's loads there's loads of journaling apps as well that you can get I'm pretty sure um because I think a number of my clients use either their iPad or laptop or their notes etc like mm-hmm. I think the what it is is that uh, removing the barriers so like for example if you find that your hand is cramping and you just don't like the act of writing then don't do it like you don't have to force yourself to do mm-hmm. that you know 
you can type it out you can like do it on your notes you can there's those of these journaling apps and um, I think the point about it is it's just getting it out of your head so much way or another yeah. um, and whatever fashion that takes it's it's okay um so yeah I love that you've like adapted to to that <laughs> that's fantastic I'm trying I'm trying <laughs> <laughs> And then that that other tool that you shared about the simple mantra of I am safe. I love that because um, two-ish years ago, I did my food and body coaching certification. And one concept that we learned about was safety. And it was not, not something that had ever entered my mind. I was never taught about it. But once it was taught to me, it has stuck with me so much since. Like the simplicity, but the power of just being able to feel safe in your body, in your mind, calming down your nervous system, saying those kind of mantras. And it mm. it's so powerful because as you said, it's it can help in like every area of your life. There were times when at my old job, I would have to do some presentation in front of the whole company or something and I was freaking out. And I would just use that concept of safety or in a social setting in a big group when I'd feel like I was kind of like, shrinking myself or closing up again I would use that concept of safety or with you know people can do it with food it's so simple powerful and obviously it's free it's like amazing yeah exactly and I think another free tool as well as mantras is breathing yes Um, how often do we forget to breathe which sounds silly um you know the first time it was actually my therapist that said to me she was like uh just breathe like you know she could see me on the call she's like Jess you need to breathe I'm like what like what do you mean I need to breathe like I breathe all the time and she's like no 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 no, you need to you need to breathe like take a deep breath um so even that like that's a really that's a free tool that we do all the time and it's just the remembering of it so with all of these it's just that remembering of these tasks um and especially at the start of all of this it's quite difficult to remember to do these things so I find like notification or like putting them in your diary little um reminders on your phone intermittently like yeah a few times per day of like breathe you know tell yourself like you're safe whatever it is um you know doing these things there's a lot of these little um tricks that can help out tremendously with this stuff hell yeah yeah I also recommend the same thing in my courses when we go through safety and breath work is to make it so natural by yeah having those alerts in your phone five times a day whatever it is or like on the hour for eight hours in the day just to for like 30 seconds stop breathe six really deep breaths in and out remind yourself you're safe it makes such a difference it really does sometimes I'm working at my desk and I just notice that there's no one around yet still I am clenching my body in some way my shoulders or shallow breathing or frowning in some way and just I've now like trained myself to be way more aware of that and notice it and then like okay let me take a breath let me relax all these parts of my body that don't need to be tense right now and remind myself there's nothing I need to be clenched over or like prepared for or like feeling fearful of like you're you are safe yeah yeah exactly it's super powerful and I think with all of this stuff as well and kind of what we're talking about here is the fact that you know when we have these struggles be it like with our relationship with food 
body image, even like um, eating disorders, disordered eating, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and something I've come to learn e even with like having PTSD is more of the acceptance. So accepting that it's there, like it's okay that it's there. It's not, um, it, it feels shameful, but it's not shameful if that makes sense. Like it mm -hmm. feels to us that it's shameful, but it, it's part of us and it's okay that it's part of us and accepting it. and also accepting that you know you may not ever be fully 100% like um quote unquote normal or mm -hmm. like not have these issues um and it's more like how we can channel that pain um channel the, the struggles and turn them and use them into our power so how we can take that energy and take those things and convert it so you know taking charge of it like stepping stepping into more of that you know what it's here i accept it but I also don't really want to feel overwhelmed and struggling, you know, 24 hours out of the day. You know, if it's maybe a few minutes each day or an hour or, you know, an odd day here or there out of the week, that's all right. But I don't want to feel like this every single day. I want to live a fulfilling life as well. So I think, you know, that acceptance part with all of this is so important. <laughs> well, yes. acknowledging first that you that you are have a struggle and then accepting that you have that struggle like you know we're yeah. all human no one's perfect anyway um it doesn't really exist in my opinion mm -hmm. <laughs> um so yeah we all have our, our things but we can definitely make it more manageable and more and less frequent um yeah which is is all you can really ask for and I think for myself getting to that place where any of the episodes I would have had before they're definitely less intense less frequent you know even at that I feel like oh my god I'm healed <laughs> even mm -hmm. though I still have like you know moments or times you know we all do but that kind of less frequent less intense just feels so freeing it yes. just gives you so much more space to to live basically I don't know do you feel the same way 100 percent. yeah I was about to say there's just so much more space in your life in your brain to focus on bigger better things to actually have fun and have play and joy and like love in your life love for yourself as well it's just honestly it, as you said at the very start sometimes you forget what it was like before how your food and body relationship was like but when I stop and actually look back on that or when I get reminders somehow like a friend mentioned something to me recently about we'd gone to lunch together like seven years ago and I ordered like a plate of steamed vegetables at a Thai restaurant and I was like saying oh my god this is like the most delicious thing ever and she in her head she was like this girl has a problem and yeah. I totally forgot about this this happening but she reminded me I was like oh my god you know come so far and in doing that your life has changed so much and it's just yeah it's really exciting um but I feel like that was a very nice note to end on a very hopeful yeah, inspiring note so um so it was obviously amazing having you here I could talk about all this stuff forever like <laughs> even different. just yeah right like even just this the topic of CBT I was just like oh my god in my notes I have like a million things written down but kept getting swept away with the conversation <laughs> um but yeah it was amazing having you here and thank you so much for sharing your time with us and imparting so much knowledge onto us tell everybody how they can find you and how they can work with you if they want to as well 
Amazing. So thank you so much for having me on. This has been so fun, to, especially to, to talk to someone in this field that's also had struggles. And I feel like um, we're in that similar space where we have we're at that kind of point where we still have these like times where we struggle like we don't we don't try and hide it or pretend mm-hmm. like it don't like it's there you know <laughs> like take me flaws at all like I'm human yes. um but yeah it's I think it's so powerful it's that like relatability with people as well which I think um is, is like attracts um us to to people that want mm-hmm. to help so to answer your question and um, people can find me on instagram at the behavioral nutritionist um and if you feel like you want to learn more about my service and what i do um so i coach through my power method so this is a five pillar method which i basically take you through um like practices overcoming restrictive diets respecting your body etc etc um so they base all of my coaching under um so if you do want to find out a little bit more information about that then just slide into my dms and i'm more than happy to have a little chat with you (laughs) awesome i'll share all that in the show notes as well and you guys will hear me on jess's podcast pretty soon because she has a new podcast we'll be chatting on there as well so i'm excited for that conversation as well oh thank you so much breed for today i really enjoyed the, the chat thank you so much and thank you to everyone for tuning in And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. It really helps my podcast to grow and reach more women who are struggling as well when you rate and review. So if you've got a spare minute, I would appreciate it so much if you could rate and review. And if you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life. Change someone's day, mood, or even their life. Be that person. I know I absolutely love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me she's thinking of me and she wants to help me elevate alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at freewithbreed. I'm always open for feedback and let me know what you want me to speak about on the podcast because, after all, this podcast is for you. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next time.